Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered, broadcast live on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Learn more at livemanaworldwide.org. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat today. We have Mr. Richard L. Asmar on the show. Uh, this is going to be fantastic if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or anywhere else on social media. Please like, subscribe, and share. And those of you watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Network, thank you and God bless. presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to see you guys here. What's up, Ronnie? Good to see you. Jessica Lynn, always good to see you. Uh, we are in for a treat today. Actually, I don't know a whole lot about our guest, but I read a bit of his why statement, and I'm really, really excited. Um, we are going to jump right into this because, frankly, I don't want to waste any more time. Thank you for hanging on for all of the intros, and thank you to everyone um, who is supporting our building fund for the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. Um, I kind of shared a little bit of the vision last night and what we are asking. Uh, so thank you for everyone who was sharing that video out. Thank you for everyone who has already donated. It means a lot. I mean, it, it fr frankly, it, it, I, I don't even know what to say about it because it's just, it's humbling. We need your help and we need more of it um, to be able to get our building. But the fact is, I'm still just in awe of everyone who believes in us and everyone who is sowing into our ministry and allowing us to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus all over the world. Um, but, you know, community is a huge part of that and getting this building. Oh, Lord, it, like we, we, we need this building. This building allows everything to tie together. Um, in my mind, it ties together, but visually you know, sometimes the rest of the world needs to be able to actually see how it all connects. And I can try to explain it all day long about how, yeah, of course it connects and it connects digitally and blah, blah, blah. Well, we get to connect it inside of a building. And this really, really matters to us. So thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, or <laughs> I just said, ladies and gentlemen, when I was addressing God, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to broadcast. Thank you for everyone that is watching uh, all over the world, whether it's on the, the network or social media, listening to the podcast. Thank you. And just, I, Lord, I just ask that you bless them. Uh, you give them double favor today, Lord, and you give them supernatural wisdom so that they know what you've created them to do. Give them the courage to step into their purpose. Give them the courage, if they don't know their purpose, to ask. And if you, and, and more importantly, Lord, I just ask that anyone out there that is struggling with anything emotional or struggling with any type of hardship that they have the faith 
to just to be able to surrender it to you, Lord. I surrender this broadcast to you. Holy Spirit, speak through both myself and the guest, and uh, just do do a work, man. Do a work, God. We love you, and uh, Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Richard L. Asmar to Gratitude Unfiltered. What's up, Richard? How you doing, man? Hey, Joshua. It's very nice to see you. Thanks for having me, and God bless you. Thanks for this awesome prayer you did. Uh, amen. Amen to that. Well, thank you, man. It's so good to see you. We were talking a little bit before the show. Yeah. And I love this this shadow look. <laughs> so freaking creepy. <laughs> it's a setup I just made. I just said to I just made it and I improvised it. So <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> it left you know, it. Like, I, I personally, I think I would if I could make a shadow effect in this room. Yeah. I think I would be doing the same thing right now. You need a cameraman. Let me know that next time I'm in Minneapolis. I'll let you know. Excellent. And you're in British Columbia, yeah? I'm in Montreal, actually. Montreal. Yeah, yeah. How long? So are you from there? No, I'm from Lebanon originally. Uh, this is the third country I live in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the. How long have you been in Canada? Did you just go straight from Lebanon to Canada? No, no, I, I, I was in Lebanon. I moved to Qatar. I worked for Al Jazeera for six years, and then I moved to uh, here. I've been here for five years, actually, almost five years. Um, and I just started the Preaching Through Movies, actually, project. Preaching Through Movies. I think it's one of the most thing that stuck out most. Yeah. I don't like – so I always ask for the bio and everything just in case if I want to look at it. Yeah. But typically, I don't really pay much attention to anything that's sent to me because I like that organization. You, know yeah. you know, but I did see preaching through films. So yeah, where did the inspiration, like where did that mindset around filmmaking come about? You have to know, I, I was always a believer. Uh, I was always um, in love with Christ. Mm -hmm. I just gave my life to Christ like three years ago. Uh, Thanks to the incident that happened with me, it was a bit awful, but I'm really thankful it happened with me. If it didn't happen with me, I would have never gave my life to Christ. And uh, that's it. I said, I have the talent to do movies, to shoot, to do video editing. Why don't I use this for a greater purpose than myself, than my own ideas? You know, and then uh, that's it. I just started the project, uh, I would say, two months ago, maybe. I was doing movies just for my own before. I just started the project, and let's see how it's going to go. Did looking you, forward to pass the message of Christ to people. Did you know when you were a kid that you wanted to be a filmmaker, or what did you dream of being? Uh, as a kid, uh, I, I, I just wanted to love and be loved. That's it. I, I can't remember more than this. And uh, things uh, moved on from there. I just started to do lots of music. Uh, I used to play 10 to 15 hours of guitar per, uh, per day. And then uh, because of that, I moved to a film school and started to do 10 to 15 hours of camera per day. <laughs> and then uh, it grew. I, I never expected to be in Canada here, but uh, I got here eventually. And uh, as God wishes it. What was it? So what is childhood like for you growing up in Lebanon? My, my brother's ex-wife is Lebanese, mm -hmm. but I don't think she ever went to Lebanon. <laughs> and I, but I've had a lot of Lebanese food, and it's amazing. Good. That's about as far as I, my knowledge goes. Can you yes, talk yes. about what childhood was like there? Well, childhood, um, childhood was good, regardless. All the, you know, I, 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 there's awful things that happened in my childhood, like the war, the civil war, for example. But as a child, you don't see things from the perspective of 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 adults, you know. Right. Uh, you just have the heart of a child. I remember when I was young, for example, I was playing with some soldiers, like small soldiers I used to play, and the bomb started, and I didn't care to run away and hide. You know, <laughs> just my father brought me and just took me away <laughs> to the to the room. It was like this. It was a bit traumatizing, I would say. But I always have Christ was always with me, so I I, I didn't really it didn't really affect me. I, I'm always a positive person, regardless of everything I've been through in my life. You know. So that's one of the events I'd like to tell you. You don't see this in the States, I'm sure of that. <laughs> but, not yet, we don't. Yeah, not yet, hopefully not. I mean, right now, I don't think, I, I mean, if most people that are that are in America right now are probably going, I have no idea what's about to happen. 
I think a civil war could break out like at any hour. And it's, it's like all of a sudden now, I, you know, I, I've always tried to imagine what it was like for people that grew up in Pakistan and people that grew up in Iran and Iraq and, and, and even Israel. And like, I, and I, I can try to imagine, and obviously I've seen movies that show the war and I see, I've seen a lot of documentaries, but that's TV. That's not actually. That's not true. Yeah, I know. I know. And and here we go. This is all of a sudden now. America is kind of who knows what's going to happen here. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is in control. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and uh, you know, God uh, sometimes allow bad things to teach us a lesson, or uh, mm-hmm. but eventually everything that's uh, everything good happens for the one who loves Christ. As I the Bible says, you know. So it's okay. You have to have the peace of Christ in the middle of the tribulation. That's what makes us Christians, actually. I one hundred and ninety percent, and I and I one of the rallying cries that we kind of we have here with Gratitude Unfiltered and the community we have is that God's purpose for your life doesn't change just because there's war going on around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is part of it, and this is like this is a, the time is now for God's kingdom people to step into the position that they were born for. They weren't born for worldly fame. It was to serve the kingdom in a mighty way. And that opportunity is coming up a lot faster than people maybe want to realize. Yes, yes. I mean, if, if, if you put your heart in what's happening outside now, mm. it's going to go negative for you. If you keep your eyes on Jesus and your hope and your trust on Jesus, uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm happy. I know things are not good around in, yeah. all, in all the world, but I'm peaceful. I'm, I'm positive, and I'm so grateful I have Jesus in my life for that. If you know? anything, I think if, if for people that I, I am starting to really understand not only why Jesus said keep your eyes fixated on him because of all of the disinformation, but the other part is that why, why, why Jesus doesn't like lukewarm Christians. Because the lukewarm, like it, it's, it's like you got to choose a side in a way. You know, do you want to choose evil? Yeah. Choose yeah. good, and there's only one path that's good, and that's the path that God created us to be on. And exactly. and I and right now there's I know there's a lot of like lukewarmness and and in the church community. I gotta tell you, like you're gonna be spit out. <laughs> because I'm used to it. <laughs> that spiritual battle that they talk about in the Bible. Yes, yes, we're in a very, uh, you can do research on, you can do lots of research. Uh, we're in a very specific time of uh, of what the Bible preaches, you know. Uh, uh, but then again, we, we cannot tell for real the, what is yeah. going to happen in the future unless you have the gift of prophecy, which, is, which God gives us for the salvation of many. So we can live in peace during that tribulation. Yes. Uh, and may God's will be done. At the end of the day, there are people who don't want God. You have to acknowledge that that reality. And uh, if they don't want God, God then not touch our freedom. He created us on his image, so we can love like him. We, we are free like him. He cannot touch our image. It's against who he is as a, as a, as a person. Yeah. And we have to respect people's choices, but... Uh, all we can do is preach and talk about the love of Christ and uh, how much it's important. It's really important. At the end of the day, the only thing that's going to pass from this life to the next time is the love of Christ. Everything after we die stays here. I mean, that's true. You know, it's, it's a bad investment. Anything outside the love of Christ is a bad investment if you really think about it from an eternal perspective. Hey, I lived that life. I invested in everything but godly things and lost it all. Um, so now, now I'm, I'm fortunate that I gave my life to the Lord when I did because it's allowing me to see what's happening more clear eyes with a more clear vision, but also understanding that my purpose hasn't changed. So I don't live in fear. I'm, I'm excited. I, in a way I'm like, I wish it would just hurry up and get here, <laughs> but cause I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I'm enjoying the moment. We uh, all, yeah. My man. So I want to, let's talk about your film. Uh, yeah. You have a few other things that you're working on, but let's talk about the film that you have. What's the name of it? There's two movies. There's Utopic Strokes. It's already on YouTube. And there's Disconnection, which is, uh, we're working on it now to distribute it. And it's, it's on the verge of being finished, like, uh, at the end of it. 
So one of them is about the peace of Christ. It approaches also the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is about treating mental health with love and human relationships instead of psychiatric drugs, which according to my research are doing some damage from time to time, you know? You know, um, we I just, I was on another show uh, yeah. this morning and they were talking about this as I was waiting to come on the screen when I got on, we got we dove head into the discussion of the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. And I went to a museum, and those of you that are watching in Los Angeles right now, I know there's a few in LA that are here. Um, the Psychiatry, Psychiatry Museum of Death. Yeah. Into the history of psychiatry. And when you hear about the agenda yeah. of the pharmaceutical industry from day one, mm -hmm. oh, wait a second. And then you tie that into the knowing that they have been separate, trying to separate us from the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of who God is at the beginning. So, and they, it ties together, believe it or not. When you start to look at the side effects of like antidepressants, how it, how it calcifies the pineal gland, you start yeah. to do that, you connect those dots, you go, wait a second, there's yeah. something to this. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know something, they cannot prove there's an illness physic physically since decades, and they don't know where it comes from. So uh, you start having an idea that uh, it's some people are making lots of money out of it, definitely. <laughs> that's for sure. Gaining more power, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, you have, a, you have a psychiatrist like Peter Bragan, which is in the movie I'm doing, mm -hmm. which talks about this, actually, specifically about healing with love and human relationships. And uh, and he's been doing it for 50 years. He hasn't. He's like a legend in psychiatry. You know, he's, he hasn't lost a patient since 50 years. He's uh, he's he's really an awesome guy. And uh, if you um, if you give me two minutes, I I wrote something before the interview. I'd like to tell it to you about why love heals, for example. Please. Yes. Okay. So as I, as I was saying, licensed psychiatrist Peter Bragan offers love and human relationship as the solution to many mental health issues. That being said, psychiatry in general do not know what, uh, where mental illness comes from and neither can prove it since decades, okay? Which simply means that the concept of physical mental illness is not a fact but a perspective. And here we have two choices, perceiving only superficially the symptoms as a physical illness or having a more deep and spiritual understanding of what mental health is all about. For that, we have to dig deeper in the Bible and especially in Genesis. And that's my own personal perspective, but it works. Trust me when I tell you it works, okay? So God is love, as the Bible teaches us. And after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they got separated from God, which means they became in a lack of love. Okay, so after that, we started to have violence on earth and therefore mental health issues. Okay, so if we think of it, Someone who is in lack of love is in pain and therefore needs protection to survive that pain. And that protection has to be at many times, many symptoms of what they call mental illness, such as paranoia, delusion, for example, etc. And this is why loving someone can heal them because it compensates that lack of love from which originated those symptoms. Uh, now, how are we going to pass that love to someone's heart or life experience? Through our relationship of love. Like treating mental health is that simple if you know how to love. They just make it that look that complicated. Maybe because the problem is on the right and the solution, they're looking on the other side. I don't know why. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd like to finish by saying that the greater the lack of love is that could come from bullying, for example, the greater the pain is, and therefore the greater the protective mechanism is. And if we end up stopping the protective mechanism with psychiatric drugs, which I'm doing right now, the person is left with a great pain that could lead to their suicide. And that's why we should never use psychiatric drugs in extreme cases, because emotional pain is the major cause that leads to suicide. And by taking out the symptoms, we took out what's keeping the patient alive, which is the protective mechanism or what they think is the illness. So love and all the values that come from it, if I may say, is the answer. Um, there is no greater than the love Jesus shared on the cross. And this is from where the most efficient healing process can come from. Therefore, the best way to prevent violence and mental health issues in, in a society for that is for that society to be driven by love, and especially the love of Jesus, rather than just respect and fun. 
It's a bit long, I understand, but if you have any question, I'm willing to. <laughs> well, actually, I would love for you to send me a copy of that because I'm going yeah, to put it in the media kit when we're done with this. But sure. I listen, this has been really controversial. I've talked about this, and you're kind of opening that door for me to bring it up again. But, you know, I was diagnosed with DID, which is Dissociative Identity Disorder, which is a form of borderline personality disorder, which is a, which is a, a branch off of bipolar disorder. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. It's all demon possession. I, that's, yeah. Demon possession. It's the, and you, I, golly, I wish we had all the time to go into this wormhole about the earliest trauma, the beginning of trauma, and how this all started to happen. But I know for a fact that what was going on with me that was a mental health issue was a spiritual problem. Definitely. I have no doubt about that. That's healed me is learning to love myself and make loving decisions for myself. Yeah. And then part of that also was learning how to be honest. So like learning how to be honest got rid of anxiety. Learning how to be honest it, 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 it helped me release things that I was holding secret that were causing the turmoil that was mentally raping me nonstop. Yes, yes. yes All of those lies and the deception of the enemy, the things that was telling me to do the bad things that I really didn't want to do. That all went away when I started confessing it and started talking it and starting to make loving choices. One of the most loving choices anyone can make for themselves is by is being honest and getting rid of a secret. I'm not telling you to broadcast it to the world, although that really does help. But if you do broadcast it or you tell somebody, tell somebody, get rid of it. Because you're setting it free and giving God an opportunity to use it. That's why I do not say mental illness anymore. I say mental uniqueness. Because you know what? I know I'm a little wacky, but I freaking love it, and I wouldn't change it, and God loves me exactly the way I am. The more I understood that, the more righteous or the more, the more joyful life I could live, the more normal life I could live. Yeah, well, uh, well, you, you just you, listen. God didn't create you as a number; He created you as an individual, and He knows you way more than you know yourself, or even I know you. Right. you know? So, uh, if God allowed any kind of satanic attack on you or anything, it's and you, because you put your trust on Jesus, it's for your own good at the end. It's not. Uh, I mean, the, all the prophets and the saints has been tried by by Satan. It's not, you're not the only one, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. and when Paul talks about his thorn. Like yeah. I, there was a period. It was this summer that that stuck out to me, unlike it never stuck out to me before. And I started to really embrace this and started to look at it like it was a gift. Like I started to fully understand that the things that were going on with me were actually a gift, and it was a, it was allowing me and giving me an allowing me to go to places that others couldn't go to reach people that were hurting. Yeah, listen, if you if you are in pain and you get over it, you can help other people. Maybe that's the purpose of it. Maybe God allows the pain to so you can help other so you can get over it and help other people eventually. Wait, I want to read this. As long as you're led by God to whom you should share it with. Yeah, look, here's the thing. So and there's a lot of people that watch this show that have dirty, dark secrets. I, I like I'm not even asking you to admit it's you that's watching or listening right now. There's a lot of you that do. Here's what I know about secrets. The more in the dark that you keep something, someone knows your secret. And that person that knows your secret, the one that you're trying to hide, that person can weaponize that secret on you. Definitely. But when you confess it, guess what? You've taken their bullets away. <laughs> you not. God put this on my heart years ago when I started off this journey, which made no sense at the time. God said to me, he basically put Charlie Sheen in my mind. Yeah. I was working in L I was working in LA, I was pursuing entertainment, I was pursuing all of these things that I knew I was born to do. And I'm I'm, pers I'm pursuing it, pursuing it, pursuing it. And one day, and I and it was because I, I had to make a decision about being completely honest or continuing to hide. And I made the decision to be completely honest and put a spotlight on my shadow world because God showed me, he goes, look, you can be worth $150 million one day, but you're going to write $15 million checks to all of the people that are harboring your secrets. 
Or you can just crash it all, be honest, and build a foundation on truth. Be, build a foundation on what you've been delivered from as opposed to lies and deception. And I, and I, I took it to heart. It was five years ago. I haven't seen a million dollars again since. But I know it's going to happen one day. I know it's going to happen. I know God's going to bring me the desires of my heart because of the good that we want to do. But it's also because we built it on a foundation of truth. No secrets. I took everyone's bullets away. And now you can't use them against me. What are you going to say about me that I haven't said <laughs> myself already? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm into that. And you know, it's it's not the end of the world if we don't make lots of money. Jesus was born in a manger on purpose, on purpose to tell us not to be afraid of worldly things, of not to have this and not to have this. Uh, you have Jesus, you have everything at the end of the day. And congratulations for your decisions, definitely. Oh, well, and look, and here's the thing. I don't care about worldly fame, but there's a lot of people around the world that Jessica, my wife, and I, we, we get to help. Like, Wonderful. I didn't put those visions inside of our heart for nothing. Like, that's God. That's part of God's promises, the way I feel about it. That's why I asked you about your childhood, like what you were dreaming about as a child. And you talked about, I just wanted to be loved. Were you not loved as a child? Well, we view the situation we were in. There's, I was loved by God very much because I was in a lack of love in my in my own situation. But I was loved by God. If I tell you the things, people will think I'm crazy. But God was always there for me. And it's it's it's. We'll come to time. I will talk about this. I just feel like uh, uh, God was always there for me. That's why I'm smiling right now. <laughs> I know He's there right now. Yeah, He's here. I know He's here, and He's always. There. And I, and I know he was with me, too, because I, God, we had so many, other than the overdoses, like random near-death experiences where it had to have been an angel that stepped in. Mm -hmm. Like, has anyone that's listened, have you, like, you guys can comment on this if you want. Um, have you, like, had, like, this a weird encounter where the only way that you survived was some angel or miracle popped out of nowhere and, like, pulled you out of harm's way? I've had that happen a few times. Like mm -hmm. I knew that God was with me yes. the entire time I was doing the debauchery that I was doing. But for me, that this was a I, I my former life was a consequence of running away from my purpose. Because some people don't know what it is. I've always known. I just didn't want to accept the assignment, and in doing so. <laughs> I made a wreck of my life, but and not it's not always so extreme for people. But for me, I knew it, and I knew God was with me, even though I didn't want to submit to Him because I thought I could do it alone. Me, I, me too, me too. By the way, it took. I just gave my life to Christ three years ago, even though He was with me the whole time. I was always afraid to lose something from the world or anything. Now I gave Him my life. I feel why did I have the courage to do this? Uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. But God knows, you know, for us, it's like we think about the future. We try to analyze the future. God has the whole, is, is outside the notion of time and space. So he has everything in front of him. He doesn't need to think about the future. We're stuck in the notion of time and space. He is not, you know, so, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So what's, let me, let's just kind of get present tense in filmmaking. Yes. I, I have an idea. I, so I'm a producer for a network, and we just found out this morning that we have officially, Sonny, if you're still watching, this is great news for you too. We officially got the Prince documentary for our network, what? which is amazing. Like, I'm giddy about it, but working in production and working behind the scenes, I've kind of got a good feel for where certain, the industry is going. And filmmaking is one of those things right now that I'm curious and I'm happy that you're here to talk yeah, about it. Too, yeah. But where do you feel, like, because you're a filmmaker and most people when they make films, they think, oh, we're going theaters all over the world. We're gonna go on a world tour and, 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 and show this at theaters all over the world in different languages. Like, I mean, you, everyone has different dreams, but usually as a filmmaker, you're thinking about blockbuster, theater, all of it. For I you, don't. especially now. Well, I personally don't. I just want to preach. And, you know, you more the more you get closer to Christ, the more you become modest. Now, I have a long way to go, definitely. 
But to become modest, you're not, you just want to touch people with that love and modesty, not just with, you know what I mean? You, you want to touch people with that because this is the essence of life. Love is the essence of life. Everything outside love is just uh, noise. So, and we fall into it sometimes. We're not perfect. You know what I mean? So what I want to do is just preach Jesus. That's it. And I know the more I'm going to preach him, the more I'm going to get in communion with him. And the more I'm going to, the more people are going to feel that they're going to feel Jesus. I don't want people to get to know me. You know what I mean? I mean, they're going to have to get to know me at some point, but I want them to get to know Jesus that, that I got to know after 33, 30, I'm almost 38 now. After 38 years, I, this is not about me, trust me. This is about the glory of God and the salvation of human beings. Because, you know, you know something? After death, there's no time for repentance anymore. No, there's no. not. So the people who do, who do the most awful thing is the people we should pray for the most. <laughs> the people we should aim for to touch the most. Although, unless they don't want to. If they don't want to, we can't do anything for them. But you never know. I didn't want to at a certain time. Then I changed my mind. So we should... God was really patient with me. We should really be patient and loving with people. And I'm trying to do this through movies eventually. So that, and that, and that goes to show you, like people think, well, I'm not qualified to be a preacher or not. I, I'm not qualified to do a preacher, but I get to talk about my love for Jesus doing the show. Like I feel closer to God. When I'm in my purpose, I am closer to God than I am any other time in my life. And not everybody, again, is meant to have a talk show or meant to, to be a preacher or meant to be a filmmaker. It could be that you're an attorney. And, and that's the work that God has called you to do as an attorney or a teacher or whatever. But that's how you get to express God's love. And you get to be a vessel and God gets to use you in that line of work. Indeed. And things change. Everything. Sorry, say again? I said ministry is everything. It doesn't need to be behind a pulpit. No, it no. Changed. You know, we have a saint in Lebanon, which I, which I really uh, I really love, actually. His name is St. Shabal. I want you to, to, to look at And he said he, he lived his whole life in a monastery, just with God. He didn't want to do much with the world. And he said, do not be monks like me. Be monks in the world. Mm. You know? And you're saying almost the same thing right now. So... Uh, it's it's tough, and it's like for me, I know that part of my calling is to go play in the secular world, and but I I have the opportunity to give my testimony. Shooting a there was a Russian airline uh, that Kobe Bryant was shooting a commercial for. I was just so happened to get to be in that commercial, <laughs> and uh, I got to give my testimony on set. Someone goes, "What's gratitude unfiltered?" And I, I'm like, "Well, I told them like, well, how'd you start that?" And I got to tell him about my month-long meth binge and like how God came to me and blah blah blah. I got to tell the, I got to yeah. get my testimonial on set, which that's a big no-no, you know. Typically, oh, definitely, yeah, I understand that, yeah. But but you I, do. That's what I get to do, and it's amazing. And I can't. I even when I speak on stages, I I. I can't help but talk about Jesus. I can't tell. Amen. My overcoming story is impossible to tell without talking about the moment I had with Jesus. And the moment when the Holy Spirit absolutely wrecked me or that when God for the very first time spoke to me that I could that I understood. And it came after I was screaming and cursing him out in jail. <laughs> he loves you that much. What's what can I say? Yeah. He loves me that much. He let me curse. I know this. When I curse anybody out, they don't talk to me again. <laughs> I know. I know. He, he knows what's in your heart, man. He knows what's gonna happen to you in a hundred years from now. Don't, <laughs> leave it to him. Don't worry about it. Leave it to him. So, how do you plan on doing distribution for your films? Are you gonna do pay per view? Are you looking to sell it to like Netflix, Hulu, Pureflix? What are you looking to do? Well, I'm. I'm going with the present time for this connection right now. I have a, a company in Dubai called Ischromatics. Yeah, we're starting to 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 make the discussion about the movie, but with the COVID and everything, the premiere is gonna take time. But eventually, I'd be looking for distributors in Canada, in the U.S. as well, and uh, um, in many other places. Uh, but for now, uh, everything is going a bit slow. But I'm not worried about it. I mean, maybe if if I put the movie right now, maybe it wouldn't have the 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 same Christian impact it would have in a year. Mm 
So let God decide about the time, not me. I'm working on it. That's all I know. You know? That form the pharmaceutical film that you have is, yeah. is very fascinating to me. And we should discuss it because it, you know, our network may be an option for you uh, yeah. to consider. And, um, you know, because it's, again, I think the film industry is is going to change. Is It has changed and will change. Yes. We're not going to theaters the way that we used to. And frankly, I don't even know if people have the patience for that whole theater experience anymore, especially with home theaters being so good at home. You know, if you can get that movie theater quality film at home, then I'd watch it at home. Yeah. So especially with with COVID and the, the fear that people live in. So it's interesting, They with um, like Wonder Woman 1984, they did HBO Max and the theater, which mm -hmm. the movie I heard was terrible. I didn't see it, but um, you know, so like you can see the shift is starting to happen and people are having to expand, um, you know, expand their box a little bit of how they're doing things, especially in the film industry. I, I truly think the whole world is changing. We, we're coming into a Christian era right now. I don't know how, I don't know exactly how, but and all, everything's going to change with it. Um, yeah. There might be a tribulation before, there might be whatever it comes. We're coming into a change. And you know, that now that you mentioned it, uh, after we finish it, I'd love to send you a confidential copy of what I did with the movie, and then we can uh, probably yeah. do the discussion. But since we're connecting, I mean, why not? Yeah, anything I can do to help. I mean, again, thank you, thank you so much. for a network, and it's kind of what I do. Okay. Uh, so, and then we have our own network, but I think, you know, we'll talk. I mean, and I have, I've worked with other, the other networks too that are out there, the other streaming networks. So, again, if I can help, I will. Um, I love this industry, and part, one of the things that I've really been driven to do is like, I want to be a part of the change in Hollywood. And Whoa, awesome. like, LA is a very special place to me. It's where I died. It's where I found life. And, um, you know, our mission and the building you heard me talking about, the building that we're, you know, we're, we're believing God for in Minneapolis. Well, it's not just Minneapolis. It's L.A., the Morgan Camera Shop on Sunset Boulevard. It's been abandoned for 19 years. It's New York City. It's Dallas. It's Miami. It's London. It's Tokyo. It's Sydney, Australia. I mean, awesome. it's all over. It's just we need the first building to prove that the concept is going to work the way God has shown it's going to work. So, um, but LA is a big, that's actually where I first got the vision for all of this was in LA. And um, anyway, so LA is Wonderful. very <laughs> Yeah, very I understand it, I understand. Well, it, maybe it needs a change with all the delusions and illusions and, uh, you know, people live, run after stars instead of running after Jesus Christ. Maybe it needs a change, who knows, <laughs> you know? It needs to, but where I don't, anytime there's been an industry that I think has been the, the focal point of so much idolatry because we've all put celebrities on a pedestal. And when you, I, well, I don't want to go down that path. Uh, we've all put them on a pedestal, but yet when you learn the inner workings of how it all goes down there, there's a lot of deception. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of greed. There's a lot of um, um, hurt. There's a lot of trauma, you know, and, you know, you have to sell your soul, so to speak, maybe even literally for some people. And it's, it's really the guy, the people that have tried to do it the right way and to try to keep their morals and, and so on. Suffer. They don't make it. They, they don't make it. Oh. I had opportunities to do shows that would have taken fast track me to success. But I walked off because I knew it wasn't right with what. I was going. I wouldn't compromise no, that's your values. That's your and I don't need to – I look, trust me, I compromise my values plenty, so I don't deserve a trophy for that. But I do believe, and the reason I brought this up, I do believe with everything in me that the people that have done it the right way, the people that have kept their moral code, the people that have stayed true to their values and who God created, created them to be, their time is now. Because celebrity as we know it is dead. Listen, everything that's not, everyone that's not Jesus Christ and is glorified will not last. Only the glory of God lasts, you know? 
Now, are we sometimes persecuted as Christians? Yes, we are, but it's part of the game. It's part of our uh, purification and our growth. It's I got used to it by now, so I don't uh, I don't put my hope in the world anymore. I love the world, but I don't put my hope in it. You know what I mean? No, there's so, nothing but disappointment there. And even though I do get impatient with God, like I'm kind of an I'll be honest. Right now, I'm impatient with God. Like I, 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 I have to fight it, and I have to keep reminding myself, and all the times before that I needed or wanted something so, so bad, but now years removed from it, I can go, man, if God would have given me that then, <laughs> I'd be dead. Yeah, because I wasn't spiritually mature enough. I hadn't learned obedience yet. And your father in heaven is not going to do anything that just excites you and then uh, takes us to a bad place. He's my father too, you know. Yeah. So um, thanks God. Like I would ask God from things sometimes. Like uh, you know what? Just take me to heaven. I don't want this world anymore. And then now I, I, I didn't. I now I'm thankful he didn't do it. Yeah. So now now I'm thankful. Like fine. I'm not ready yet. That's why. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm doing that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I have to wrestle myself. I just, it's, that's the part of me that I do battle is impatience. But I'm not patient on pe with people either. No. I, you know, like you get it now. Come on. <laughs> I, so, and I'm learning that. And, and that, here's the beauty, though. We're not supposed to figure it out all at once. It's part of the journey. Yes. It's part of the, re part of the rewards of a relationship with Jesus is that you learn about yourself and how you become yes. more like Jesus, more, a, a more perfect version of you, a more complete version of you. Christ-like. Christ-like. And it's different for everyone. Like Christ-like for everyone is different because you're created to do something different. But that heart of love, that, 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 the purity of that, the, yeah. you know, you, you've emphasized love since the beginning of this. And that ultimately has been what has been healing me is love and learning Christ's love and then treating myself, not just treating other people like Christ would, but treating myself yeah, definitely. like Christ would. Like that's just as big in the equation as being the hands and feet of Jesus. Listen, as Saint-Charbel says, our weaknesses are there to be overcome, not to give excuses with. Like everybody has weaknesses. Absolutely. Everybody has small sicknesses. Nobody is perfect but Jesus, you know. Uh, we have to overcome them by praying and by reading the Bible because when you do that, you'll be filled by the peace of God. When you're filled by the peace of God, you have something better than those weaknesses, than those temptations. And this is a pro lifetime process. Conversion is a lifetime process. I discovered it's not a like being saved by great by a great through faith is the beginning. You know, this is the, without you can't do it by yourself. You need Jesus. You know, but then to be Christ-like, you have to love Jesus that much and give Him your life. And uh, and uh, he, he loves us, even though He died for us. You know, He loves us that much. I mean, what can I say? He's a great God. What can I say? What would you say that? What is the biggest thing that you've learned? Like, I, I've been surprised by a few things in my walk with the Lord. Mm. What would you say is the biggest shock to you since you've given your life to the Lord? What has been the thing that has shocked you the most about the walk? Shocked me. I wouldn't say there's nothing about that. It's a tough question. It shocks me. You say, uh, I kind of when I gave my life to Christ, I understood how the world is going, mm -hmm. and there's nothing much that shocked me really. That's the answer, it's a simple answer. I understand, but it, you know what huh? Do you know what shocked me? What that God is not obsessed with sin, there's two commandments for Jesus love. Yeah. God more than yourself and your fellow human being. Sin is an obstacle to that love. That's all. I know. I understand that. But so many of us, when we mess up, when we make a mistake, we hide it in shame. Yeah. And, and we beat ourselves up. Yes. That, when I say God is not obsessed with sin or Jesus is not obsessed with sin, that's why he died for us. Now, obviously, we don't go bathe in it. You know, like, oh, let's get some fornication and some cocaine. No, 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 I'm, saying, I'm not saying bathing. But I'm saying 
He's not obsessed over it. So quit beating yourself up about the mistakes you make and move on. Beauty. That's when we talk, when I, people talk about the freedom in Christ, that is one of the things that they're talking about. Yes. True freedom. You don't need to beat yourself over the head when you mess up. God loves you. So yourself and move on. Yeah, yes, you have to confess at some point. Just tell him, I'm sorry, I did it. But uh, it's better always to do a sin out of weakness, not out of arrogance, you know? That's right. Because every oh, time we do a sin, yeah. and you know why we beat ourselves when we do a sin? Because every time we do a sin, deep, deep, deep inside, we know we denied him somehow. It's true. Wow. We, in a way or another, we did. If you dig deeper inside, you're going to see that you did that. And this is why we. Feel, this is my own interpretation. This is why we feel so guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus doesn't love. Jesus is love, you know. So he he, he can all he can only do that, you know. And that's my only perspective. Maybe you don't agree with it, but no, I like that a lot. That's good. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. So and, you know, and it's interesting too because faith is different. Like I've been able to meet people from around the world that are believers, and you know, they are the full gospel believers. You know. Um, people that they're true kingdom people mm-hmm. where they grow up has such an impact on the level and the depths of their faith. I'm shocked. So when I meet people from like Somalia that have converted from being Muslim to Christian, uh, Mariama, shout out to you. Um, or even Hedia. I actually know a few people that are Muslim that converted. Um, but you, the, the levels and the depths of their, their love, for the Lord is inspiring. It's like, and, and, and I don't know, like with Lebanon, it's the same way, but even my friends from Iran, they have this depth to them that I have not seen in America. Like, what do you think that is? Does that have to do with the fact that we, or they just have dealt with less or they've, they've had less like material things? What do you think that's from? I'm thinking loud right now. I think, uh, you know, Jesus walked in the Middle East so the source of that religion is it's a relationship before being a religion but it's a religion as well is 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 the middle east and maybe i'm trying to think loud now there's lots of people in the middle east who talk about god but don't really know him you have to know that as well uh passion not in the right place is not specifically the right thing you know what I mean? Not passion for God, but God happens to be a God of power. No, God is a God of love. You know, this is where our, we put our passion. This is where we put our hearts. I do believe in the in the in the in the states and in in the Western world in general. Uh, people, people, and you know the 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 love of money is the is the is the reason of all evil, as the Bible said. And people have taken a stance where. Economy is a priority. I'm not against economy, but Jesus should always be a priority. I so agree. step by step, money took over. Jesus says don't you cannot worship two gods, money and, and God, because when you start loving money, you're going to get away from love. And look, whatever people worship and love money, you have violence, you have mental health issues, you have... God is saying that's for our own sake. He's not saying it's because he's a dictator and he enjoys his power. I mean, if, if he did that, he wouldn't have become a, a human being and bear our weakness and died for us. He's so modest. People have to understand that. Uh, so I think that's. I think it's the money mainly, the, not the money, the love of money. I think. I think that's it. Um, well, I'm sure that, that is ingrained in Western culture and the fact that our government prints money whenever it needs to spend more. I don't. God, I don't know what they do with all that money. Um, and I don't, we don't have time for conspiracy theories right now, but I love to go in that wormhole. Um, Richard, you are an absolute blessing. Um, I'm going to be in you. I'm excited to see if there's any way that we can help you with that film. Um, I, I just, I, I love what you're about. I love your heart. You are a true representation of the love of Christ. Um, you just walk in love. And I, I admire that. I get to do better at this. Like walking in love is something I'm still learning how to do. Um, the way I love is, you know, I'm 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 getting better at it. <laughs> so, like I love people, but being able to express it and like I don't want to make it sound like it's romantic, but like there is a romantic 
Jesus-centric romance that the way that you express his love, and I think it's amazing. And I and I and I kind of envy you for that. Thank But, you, thank you. I, I hope I passed you a bit of that. Seriously. Yeah, you passed me your energy. Seriously, I I I am thank you for that. Well, you're excited for Christ. I thank you for that. No, you're you're well. You're welcome, man. And I appreciate you being here. Um, and I, like I said, I'll be in touch. Definitely. God bless you. I'm a man. Talk to you soon. I'm in. Take care. Richard L. Asmar, everyone. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, terrific guest. I love his, like, I, I love fresh takes. And, you know, we have every guest. Eventually, you know, there's always a unique story there, but things start to mirror each other. I have never had a guest like him on. Over 400 episodes of Gratitude Unfiltered, and I've never had a guest like him. He was absolutely incredible. Um, so thank you guys for being here. Thank you for everyone who shared this video out. Thank you for everyone watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. And thank you for everyone who is supporting and praying for our ministry to get our first building. God bless you. Thank you again for being here. Take care. I'm supposed to have this queued up before I do it.